0: This programme
1: is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge Sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation Welcome to the Bridge Zone You're at the table with Barry and Mariana We do have a jam-packed session today Again for you, you guys are so lucky And we have a little competition And this isn't the book competition But we need to come up with a new Bridge Zone email You didn't tell me that we were going to broadcast that I know, see I make decisions on my own. Oh, God. If you've got any clues for our Bridge Zone email, you're going to have to send it to the hotline. The Bridge Zone hotline is 27,
0: 127.
1: 027 Text it in. 127 I'm thinking, Barry, about me at com. What do you reckon about that? I reckon
0: that? people will probably get it mixed up and they'll extend it to Bridge Zone Mariana. Oh, they could do.
1: The reason behind it is is that our colleague who is now over in Australia has...
0: Taken her email address with him. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we can't manage it as well as we could have before. We're going to design a new one. Come on. If you've got any ideas, something quick and snazzy it has got Bridge Zone in it, have a go. We've got a pack of cards that Barry brought back from China. Where did you go to China? It was 2019, 2019.
0: it seems like a lifetime ago.
1: Well, I was cleaning out the boot of my car the other day and in the Bridge Zone prize cupboard, I found them. We have a pack of cards all the way from China. Kindly donated by Mr. Barry Jones, the wise old owl himself. And all you need to do is come up with our
0: new Bridge Zone email. Make it a good one, because we're not getting enough emails. (laughs) Don't try emailing us this week. There's an unusual thing. Whatever you do, don't email yeah. the Bridge Zone this week because we won't get it.
1: We'll probably get hundreds. It'll go to <laughs> somewhere
0: in Australia.
1: Yeah. Hey, Barry, went to Waitemata on the weekend.
0: Yeah, I heard that you had a bit of a new experience that was sort of an old experience. Yeah, we had to use traveller
1: sheets, travelling
0: score sheets. Yeah. Wow, it's a long time since I've seen one of those. That was quite funny because you actually get a little bit
1: more room at the table without having to worry about the bridge mates and turning things round and round.
0: It's quite good. And you got to see the scores. Funny that, isn't it? You'd scored over Uh, 50, averaged over 50. That was respectable. I guess, yep. There
1: was one unusual thing, was Barry? In the afternoon session, there were three pairs that scored exactly the same score.
0: Down to the last decimal. Yep. 52.32, was it? I
1: know. So, Eugene and James, George and Alice, and myself and Barb. I've never seen that before.
0: Like striking the jackpot. So, how much did you win for that? Oh,
1: we did it when we just missed out on C points. But there was this hand there that I need you to have a little look. Six spades. I went one off. I can see it if they lead an ace of clubs and... Of course, when you've got the travelling score sheets, you see it's six spades making, six spades making, and it's like all oh, it's got, the lead, ace of clubs, ace of clubs. Well, of course, when I went to play it, did they lead the ace of clubs? Oh, no. And I was like, ah. Oh. So I went one off.
0: So who was the person that didn't lead the ace of clubs? All credit to them, you got to admit. Gave themselves a chance.
1: I think his name's Jimmy. Jimmy Playing Chang. With Brian
0: Ashwell. Jimmy Chang's a real estate agent. It won't be him.
1: Oh, Jimmy Chu. <laughs>
0: That's a pair of shoes, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Hang about. We have to get this right. I'll just check.
0: It was Jimmy Ching. Okay. And so he didn't lead the ace.
1: No, didn't lead the ace. He led a spade.
0: See, that's interesting. I reckon I've heard people say that are you in the leading your aces against slam brigade? Are you in the not leading aces against slams brigade? And I reckon that from what I've heard on balance, more slams – have made because you didn't lead the ace than because you did. <laughs> well, I think most people don't want to
1: be caught with my ace going to sleep. Thank you very much.
0: I think you might have misworded that. The ace isn't going to go to sleep. You don't want to go to bed with your ace, is it? Oh, right? there
1: <laughs> we go. You know what I mean. I do. Something I do. to do with pillows and blankets.
0: <laughs> and aces, yes.
1: And aces, whatever. God, Jesus, it just added more fuel to his fire of me saying those Dumb things.
0: (laughs) And some sad news that I read on New Zealand Bridge. This is terrible news. Peter Benham passed away. Mind you, he had just won the night before at Bridge, so I guess that's a good thing to happen. Very sad news. He'd be one of the most popular guys at the Bridge table. Oh, he's a hard case,
1: isn't he? He's a hard case lad. He was a listener to the Bridge Zone show as well. He always had something to say when I bumped into
0: him. Oh, no, so that means that our numbers are going to go down. All the best to Pete and his family and all of his bridge mates throughout the country are really sad to hear about his passing.
1: Some lovely stories that were written on on the website. I think that's awesome.
0: I remember the coat of many (laughs) colours. That was a great story for the the least valuable player.
1: And even when you were cold, you get to wear it. It's like, really? You want to wear it because you're cold? Yep, just give it. I don't care. I know yeah. what the meaning is behind it.
0: He was a lot of fun, though. He really was. Even when you were playing at a pretty high level, he was always good for a laugh.
1: Yeah. So all of our thoughts go out to the Wellingtonians that new partnered, and came across them. there'd be a lot of people who'd been around for a while remember in the first year that we started the bridge zone we made a comment on peter and his partnership with
0: brian cleaver
1: yeah and how many years that had been r.i.p mr benham
0: be a big funeral for sure five level decisions mariana I. Know. we've talked about these before You'd think we'd always be getting them right. They are one of the hardest things at the bridge table. So Mariana and Barb had a few problems with five-level decisions on the weekend.
1: Yeah, we doubled one and we only got 300. And oh, it was just oh, frustrating. But-
0: the answer is is really hard to judge what mm. to do at the five-level. It's such a, a very small target to think oh should we bid on to five or will we get enough from doubling them in five what should we do it's such a small target that you are going to get it right going to get it wrong sorry fair amount of the time i guess the only thing that i could say is that on balance it's probably right to double more often than it is to bid on
1: yep. Oh, okay
0: but it doesn't come with any guarantees
1: is there a way that you can't Every single point that you have, where you can create more points, not going to matter?
0: Not really. At the five level, it's all about two tricks or three tricks. It's yep. all about one trick, and it's just just so hard to judge. Yep. Maybe you should just take the money. Maybe you weren't even making four spades right. when they bid five clubs over you, and they've done you a favour.
1: Hmm. I'll tell you another thing that happened on Saturday. You know, at tens, I actually um, was doubled in four clubs making. So I got a nice board out of that one. Well, on the weekend, I was doubled in three clubs, Barry.
0: How many did you make? Four.
1: Got 870 from that board.
0: Wow. So clubs is your suit.
1: Clubs is my suit. If you're sitting across the table and I'm in a club suit and you're thinking to double, (laughs) just like Clint Eastwood said, go on, make my day. I dare (laughs) you.
0: You've probably just... (laughs) Done yourself a big disfavour there, Marianna. I don't next, mind. Next time you'll go for 1100.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm riding high on clubs and A points, so I'm putting it out there. Go on, double me. <laughs> How many A points do we need to get to 100? Oh, um, 26? 25 and a bit.
0: 25 and a bit? Yep. Oh, look, it's a, a mere bagatelle.
1: I've actually got my plans for the next three bridge tournaments. And what have you got coming up? I'm going to go to Auckland and play in the Waitangi Piers. And then I'm going to head on up there again. I'm going to go and play in those Swiss Pairs on the 8th.
0: Which club oh, is? I know,
1: maybe it's the 10th. Is it Franklin, Swiss Pairs?
0: Oh, yep, yep. You going a,
1: there?
0: Probably, those are both B-point tournaments, are they?
1: I had no idea. I think They're they just are. tournaments, so I, I think, just go in
0: it. Well, yeah, but you won't get any A points. It won't take any off your 25 is what oh, I'm saying. I see. No matter, even if you win them both, which is quite likely, yep, you'll still have just 25 A points to go. But good tournaments nonetheless.
1: And, hang on, wait for it. are restricted pairs, I'm going there. I actually got chatting with Steve Bowie on Saturday, Barry, and he said to me, Mariana... Hardly ever see you up here in Auckland, and I've seen you at least seven times now this year. I was like, yeah, I've decided that I'm going to play a little bit more bridge.
0: And Why? you've got that new motorway in, it's pretty easy to get yeah. to Auckland these days, yeah. isn't it? The Falcon goes up there, no worries at all. does.
1: Hey, how long does it take to get to Orewa?
0: Well, I always reckon it takes an hour and 15 minutes for me to get to the Auckland Bridge Club.
1: How far uh, past is it? It's probably not that
0: twenty far, minutes. Past. Yeah, probably not much more than that. I was talking to Derek Evanett at the other day, and he reckoned that he was at the Auckland Club and all oh, that. No, it wasn't very long at all. He said something like somewhere about fifteen minutes or something.
1: Oh, and he lives up that way, doesn't he? He does. Oh, okay. There you go. Heading up to Auckland another three times before the end of February.
0: Actually, he doesn't live up there. He's got a batch up at everywhere and he lives further. I might have given you the wrong time frame there. Oh, well, I think, you're probably better to, there. I think you're better to check it on Google Maps than you are to rely on my times.
1: <laughs> Let's go and check out Judge Julie. Director, please. How can I help?
0: Judge Julie presiding. Just one question this week, Julie. We're keeping it nice and simple for 2021. It's over the level of three no Trumps. Do you never have to alert them? What's the story, or opening bids, or during the auction? What happens with those? You don't alert
2: bids higher than three no trumps, except when it's the opening bidder, which point you do if it's conventional. If you're competing or you're responding, once the auction's going, then anything above three no trumps is not alertable. It's what we call self-alerting in that if you have questions you can ask and at the end of the auction your opponent should indicate that it would be alertable.
0: Do they do that by making a little cross, Julie?
2: Well actually you put a, you know, like an arrow or something on the bidding pad or just something to say this would be alerted normally and then your opponents can ask before making the opening lead. We probably don't want to do self-alerting today, but we can do it another day because there's quite a few things around that with all the bids that we don't alert. So I'll leave it alone. If you are the opening bidder and you make an opening bid that has a different meaning than what it should, with the exception of two clubs being strong ACOL as defined in our manual – it is alertable. It doesn't matter what level it is. If six diamonds is a transfer to six hearts, it would be alertable if you are the opening bidder.
0: Sounds like a great new system. <laughs> 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 Not. That's pretty clear. I guess most of our listeners probably don't open above the level of three no trumps with conventional bids. They're probably. Oh, there are some yeah,
2: pretty common yeah. systems that are used in yet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Patrick and I play where we open four of the minor showing six or more in the minor with a five card major on the side and that's most definitely alertable. There are certainly bids that are open for clubs and four Diamonds in particular for no trumps or 4 club specific task. So there are some systems around that definitely would require alerts.
1: Julie, bit of FYI, went to Waitemata on the weekend, and we had to complete travellers. What? <laughs> I know. Back in the caveman style. Sorry, Waitemata, but it was a bit of a shock to the system, having to write down everything, what line you had to write on, and who got that. I mucked up one.
2: <laughs> I bet... That the players at Matter are far better at scoring than a lot of our newer players coming through at the moment because they have to remember to write it down on our uh, travellers. That's
1: true. But it's true. interesting
2: how fast things change. If things go wrong when we're using bridge pads, bridge mates, tablets, and we have to hand out travellers, the nightmare that it can be from people, because people just aren't used to using them. And in a lot of cases now, at club level, we've got players that have never used them.
1: Well, one advantage, I guess, is that everybody hangs around because you can't all take off. Push rank and see where you're going. They all hung around.
2: If you have a paid bar, it does wonders for your income. (laughs) It's one of the noticeable things. At the end of an evening, we used to have to match point and then we had to wait forever for the scores. Or we had to wait for another week or things. All of the technology has changed that. And I think, unfortunately, to at least some degree, we've lost that sociability at the end of the events. Yeah, I guess things are different for good or for bad I mean there's pluses as well people like in Auckland you can get on the motorway and home quicker before it gets closed down for repairs or whatever they're doing in the latest round of stuff there are plus and minuses I think one of the great shames with being able to look at your scores immediately before waiting for them to come out is that everyone departs very quickly and you just lose that bit of community sociability that is part of why we play.
0: Great. we all sound like we're getting old ok boomer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was young <laughs> when I was young next week okay. self alerting bids if you're up for it ok Okay. thanks key. Julie okay. see okay. Ya. Bye. Talk to you okay. bye.
1: bye hey last week Barry and I had a game at the Hamilton Bridge Club on Thursday slightly raised voice round one <laughs> and
0: We started with a couple of zeros. Though,
1: fairly <laughs> quiet all the way round to the last table and there, there was this hand. And it took me until lunchtime the next day to finally <laughs> realise what I did. Because I was thinking about it, didn't keep me awake at night. I slept soundly that night, Barry, thank you very much. I don't know, you might want to tell the story. Finally, the penny dropped and I thought, oh yeah, I probably would have said something too. <laughs> but thank you, Karen Harris. Karen Harris said these lovely words to Barry on my behalf. I think she heard you, Barry. Was- but you're right. I did a dumb thing, walk a blonde, fessed up to it, and then we were fine. We came out with a lazy 59% and he wanted 70 <laughs> And I said, "Whoops, well, maybe next time.
0: <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Maybe next time. Yep, that's right. Good okay. time was had by all.
1: Don't you lie. You can't tell me that you're having a good time when you've got smoke coming out of your ears and your nose. <laughs> so what have you got on your little bit of paper over there?
0: Bad sessions. Yeah, bad sessions. You know how you're having a bad session. You think mm. this is going to be your shocker. Mm. And sometimes you get to the end and you're pleasantly surprised. Sometimes you get to the end and you're not surprised. It isn't really going to help you at all. But if you get a bad board at the beginning or early in a session, it can... Sometimes improve. Like a couple of zeros. Well, yeah, maybe not those ones. (laughs) But if you've had a couple of bad boards early on, maybe some other lunatic will do what you did. Or maybe you've done something that's not really that crazy, but it hasn't scored that well, and other people are likely to match it later on. Yeah. You know, it might get better, okay. It gives you 10% on the board when you're playing the third round, but, hey, it might actually improve later on. You might end up with just under 50 or something. Hmm. When you have a bad board towards the end of a session, i got bad news, Mariana, nobody really? else is going to play it hardly. It's going to end up bad. So oh, if you've got bad right. boards yeah, towards yeah. the end of a session, they're going to stay bad. Yep. So better to finish well and start badly than the other way around.
1: Remember that story you were telling me about at Auckland? You worked out that you got 28% on the first board and then you were climbing and climbing.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. yes, we played in this session. And after, after the first round, two boards or three boards, we were running at 26%. Yep. After the next round, we were up to 38%. <laughs> after the next round, we were up to 40-something. And after four rounds, we were up to 50-something. And we ended up with... Quite a respectable... So I think we finished over 60. Yeah, 62 yeah, or something 64, like that. I think it might have been. Oh, yeah. So, worse. yeah, So, but it <laughs> certainly didn't start well.
1: <laughs> yeah. oh, you're going to have to tell me how to calculate that because I wouldn't even have a clue. All I know is that generally when I think we're doing well, we're doing rubbish, and when I think we're doing rubbish, we pop out with some score over 50, and I was, that does my head in. No idea. <laughs>
0: Actually, all all I did was go and have a look at the scores afterwards, look at those ones we started with, and, yep. and it pretty, it's not hard. Everything's online these days. You can figure out what percentage you got, and yep. you can then figure out what you got on the next ones and how you did. But then again, not everybody can be bothered with that. <laughs> <laughs> no one but
1: the wise old owl. Hey, I've got another question for you.
0: Oh, that'll be good.
1: I open One No Trump. left town opponent passes partner slaps down two hearts transfer to spades right hand opponent doubles and then I go and complete the transfer at two spades and we carry on and anyway but my question is to complete the transfer when the opponents have intervened, do you need to have three spades so if I pass I say I've only got two and if I complete the transfer I have three is there any merit in doing that
0: I'm going to give the same old answer I always give what whatever you agreed with partner (laughs) so if partner doesn't have that agreement with you that two spades definitely promises three there's probably not a lot of point in not accepting the transfer you might as well just accept it but if you have a specific agreement because there is some merit in that. But on the other hand, if partner doesn't complete the transfer, particularly I think if you're playing a strong no trump, you're quite keen for partner to complete the transfer,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then you probably might decide to accept it whether you've got three or not. It's all up to partnership agreement. Okay. It, I mean, it could be that... You might have some holding or maybe partner, you know, if they've doubled two hearts for the lead and the person that transferred the spades sitting there with King X of hearts, mm-hmm. it might be better for partner not to accept the transfer. Well, so maybe you could agree that past just says, mm, I'm not too keen on a heart lead. What do you think? Okay. I mean, there's, there's lots of agreements you could have there, yep. but it's complicated. Mm. And if you haven't got an agreement, just accept the goddamn transfer.
1: <laughs> well, how many options is the double of two hearts? How many options does that give you as the opponent's partner to what it is? Is it saying I have a heart suit, or is it saying I want a heart lead when this contract goes
0: through? Either way, I guess that shows a heart suit, doesn't it? Most people would probably just say it as like lead a heart. I've got good hearts, but if partner wants to bid hearts, we'll go for it. I mean, I have an agreement with Ginny. I think that it shows five hearts. Five decent hearts okay. and wants one lead. So the other hand can actually bid them with only three if they want. Yeah. Okay. That's not you know, the be-all and end-all, but it's a. I think it's just mainly for the lead. But might be to compete in hearts. or might be even to bid game in hearts. If you wanted to make a take-out double of spades there. When it yes. Goes, one no trump. Pass. Two hearts. And you wanted to make a take-out double of spades... A lot of people would play that you could just bid two spades there i mean nobody in his right mind is going to bid two spades there to play knowing there's at least five on his right and at least a couple on his left yeah so two spades is sort of a useless bid so it's a q bid but you could play that as saying i've got to take out double of two spades Mm. or you could just wait and hope that two spades came back to you but a. funny things happen at the bridge table it might not come back to you in two spades might it they might be in four spades <laughs> and you'll wish you'd made a take out double of two spades in the first place mm. so mm. yeah those are your options but actually getting back to the auction that you had the person who opened one no trump what about all the options that have been opened up to that person there's a whole world of opportunity is opened up when they get doubled yep they could redouble Whatever that shows, if you wanted mm-hmm. to have an agreement with a partner on what redouble shows. You've got pass, obviously, which could show what you've suggested, like less than three spades. Mm-hmm. You've got bidding, which presumably shows three spades. You know, it has opened up a couple more options, basically pass and redouble that weren't there before. Right. Or even the actual accepting of the transfer is a, something different, isn't it? Yeah, there's a, a world of opportunity, Mariana. Thanks for that, Barry. Let's go off to the pond. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. What's our tip for the week? Good
3: morning. The tip for this week is, when you're dummy, take a rest. So we've been talking about what Declare is doing when dummy goes down and how defenders are gathering their information, well dummies should be taking this opportunity to give their brain a rest. Playing a whole session of bridge is quite taxing on your mental energies and if you're playing for a whole day or even two days, it becomes even more important to conserve that mental energy. If you were at a netball tournament, you certainly wouldn't be going for a rub between games and Following every card when you're dummy is a bit like that. Also, if you're one of those people that likes to follow the play when you're dummy and helpfully tell partner at the end that the eight of diamonds was good or that the hand could have made on a dummy reversal, that information at that time is unhelpful at best. Let partner be happy in their ignorance so they have to go on and play the next hand. That's the thing to discuss at the end of the session.
0: So what you're saying is ignorance is bliss as far as declarity goes?
3: Well, you know, back to the philosophy of life. When you're dummy, you have no control over what your partner's doing over declarity play, so don't worry about it. You can't do anything about it, so don't worry about it.
0: That's the only time where you're not allowed to not do anything. Usually Pam's telling us, you should be counting, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. When you're dummy, you want to be doing that. When you declare, you want to be doing that. Now she's telling us, do nothing. First have time a ever. Race.
3: This is the time to think about what you're going to have for dinner or
1: <laughs> should I buy that dress? <laughs> i would like, where's my pillow?
0: I've got seven minutes' <laughs> Exactly. are you supposed to make sure that partner's following suit or something? No club's partner or something?
3: Well, you... Pull the cards as requested by the clear, and you are allowed to say having none. Think you can do that and think about dresses at the same time.
0: It's not something that I'm really into, though, Pam. I,
1: I like thinking about dresses. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like a great tip. At last, we've got some time to relax. Where are you this week, by the way?
3: I've just actually been chainsawing firewood. <laughs>
0: oh! <laughs> Thank
1: you, Kermit. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. Okay, so you've got a book over there.
0: I've got an old book that I've had before. So it's one of Zia's old books. Many years ago, an American Bridge magazine conducted a survey among the world's leading players to find out who was rated number one. With remarkable tact and insight into the fragile ego of the bridge expert, the magazine phrased its question delicately. Whom do you consider, it asked... To be the second best bridge player in the world Second best <laughs> Assuming yeah. the person they were asking was number one The winner by a resounding margin Was Howard Shinken. The same poll would have been conducted later on The winner would almost certainly have been Robert Hannum I quite like the way they phrased that Who's the second best bridge player in the world But we should try that at the club Who do you think's the second best player in your club To all our listeners out there Who's the second best player in your club Assuming that you're number one Text it in 027 We'll broadcast it Tell us your club Tell us the person Who's the second best player And we'll We'll have a bit of a poll
1: Okay Are you playing in a tournament This weekend?
0: No I'm not I'm having another weekend off Open homes Working hard
1: Where are your open homes today? Are they rural or residential? Yes Both? (laughs) Oh my goodness There is The 23rd of January This weekend Walkworth Open Pairs You should go up, Barry. New Plymouth has their picnic pairs on Sunday. And that's about it for this weekend.
0: It's a bit bit quiet this weekend. We have got a big weekend coming up the following weekend.
1: Oh, the Tauranga Mini Congress, So we might try
0: and get somebody from the Tauranga Club to come on next week and tell us what they've got lined up. Yeah, that'll be great, Barry. They'll be able to tell us about their
1: event that's almost completely booked out. Join us next week. We'll have the final segment of our interview with Kim Fraser and also release the competition details. So have fun out there and we'll see you at the tables. Take care, everybody.
0: Bye for now.